What would you do if a renowned doctor started making claims that this entire global pandemic was actually a premeditated illiquidity event for life insurance policies? Maybe throw you for a loop. While everyone's usually looking at Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates' involvement in what's happening in the world right now, Dr. David E. Martin has gone beneath the surface and actually says that life insurance companies are behind all of it. And everything else, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the central banking, that is a cover story, a front for the real agenda behind the scenes. Would you believe it? I don't even know if I believe it, but we're going to dive deeply into a talk that Dr. Martin gave at the Free and Brave conference so we can really take a look at the nuts and bolts of what he's saying is what's really happening in the world right now. So smash that like button, comment below, share the video out far and wide, subscribe to the channel, and get ready for Waking Infinity News. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. Let's just dive straight in. We're talking about Dr. David E. Martin. He gave a talk at the Free and Brave Conference, and he's laying out really a different or even just a deeper way of looking at what's happening in the world right now. Is the global pandemic some big accident and global governments are just playing cleanup and how do we, how do we save our populations from too much pandemonium? Or... Is this whole thing right on cue, a clever and very meticulously planned power grab? We're going to really get deep into what Dr. David E. Martin is talking about here with life insurance policies. So let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth. I think every conversation about COVID and every conversation about SARS coronavirus is the wrong conversation for humanity to be having. And I think we have been seduced into a distraction of epic proportions, while a greater evil is being done. Edward Jenner, who was the person who gave us the opportunity to call a thing a vaccine, which, by the way, gets its derivation from cattle. Now think very carefully about what I just said. And you've heard things like heard this and heard that and all kinds of other language that has to do with cattle. Jenner decided that there was actually an opportunity and a risk to play around with the weaponization of nature, which was how could we use the plague constructively? And in 1883, Francis Galton came up with the answer to the question. And the answer to the question was these beautiful things called bacterium, viruses, plague, could be very interestingly conscribed into a term that he decided to publish in 1883 as eugenics. Okay, so we've all heard about Hitler with the eugenics program in the 1930s and the 1940s. But apparently the U.S. was doing it in the 1920s, and that's where Hitler got the idea. He took it over to Germany in the decades after. But life insurance companies were hot on the trails of doing it here. And yes, Dr. Martin, I have heard all the cattle references in terms of where human civilization is going. And 
In many ways, yeah, the main story has been it's the Rothschilds, it's the Rockefellers, it's the central bankers, it's those people. And what Dr. Martin is saying is, nah, it's not. But I'm left wondering, well, haven't you seen Esoteric Agenda? Because I were talking about those names. Everyone circa 2007, 8, and 9 were talking about those names before it was cool. And now, apparently, it's actually the life insurance companies. That from 1883 to 1893, the largest growth contributor to the GDP of this country was the trade in the fear of death. The life insurance industry represented more than the combined contribution to the economy of the coal, steel, and manufacturing industries combined. If you want to know who runs the world, you've got it all wrong ever since you were fooled into believing that the Federal Reserve was a central bank money grab by bankers and by the cabal in 1913, because it turns out, conveniently, insurance companies, not banks, put up banks to be the fall guy. And for the last 145 years, they have done a wonderful job of making sure you never knew they're behind it all. 1946, 1947, we started developing all of these interesting financial models that started saying, oh, hold on a minute, what we're going to do is we're going to actually get the government to take on the role of mitigating what life duration is, which is what we did with the New Deal and with all kinds of other programs. So we build our financial systems to actually tie into the life insurance racket. That's, by the way, why we have a 30-year mortgage. You know why you have a 30-year mortgage? A time series that correlates with nothing in nature, nothing at all, nothing in nature. Do you know why we have a 30-year mortgage? We have a 30-year mortgage because that was the average life expectancy of a blue-collar worker in 1904. And it turns out that if you match the mortgage to the life of a person, guess what you get to do? You get to foreclose on their house when they've paid it almost all the way off. Turns out that the thing that throws a curveball into life insurance policies is people that die when you don't want them to die. That's a curveball. That means you have to pay out. So, surprisingly, in 1904 to 1910, Andrew Carnegie, who was very much affiliated with several of the boards of the life insurance companies, decided that we needed to institutionalize medicine, medicine, institutionalize health research, and pay for it for life insurance companies. Okay, wait. So the premise here is that uber-wealthy people in the early 1900s wanted to become more wealthy at the expense of people's lives? I don't buy it, because if I were to buy that crock, then I'd have to call into question all the major wars that we've had. And maybe there's a different agenda behind the world wars where many, many, many people, not just from the U.S., but from all around the world, died. It turns out that the first world war was good business for life insurers. You know what happened when we actually sent young men and women, mostly men, few women, but when we sent young men over to their deaths in Europe, life insurers pocketed a shitload of money. 
All right, all right, but a lot of people actually made it out of those wars and they made it home. Some people were injured first and that's actually how they made it home. And yeah, the medical establishment benefited greatly from all of the practice they got in these wars of trying to reattach limbs or, in a sense, amputating, using a bunch of new drugs. I mean, World War I was the beginning of blood transfusions. We made a lot of medical headway right around the same time as the medical establishment started booming. Okay, so maybe there was a slight conflict of interest there, but I don't think there was anything much connected to one another, especially not in the using of drugs and the weaponizing of nature and taking things that are maybe pathogens and finding ways to weaponize that against the populations. I mean, in order to do that, you would have to really test these things out on a lot of people, meaning you would have to test it out on entire populations. Now, presumably it would be not done on the wealthiest populations it would be done on the lower classes and in the disenfranchised communities the urban areas right but i mean how would you get the authorization to do something like that there are those who would actually say that we should at least be as sophisticated as what dairymen do to cattle that's a headline in 1929 we should be as good with humans as dairymen are to cattle. <clears throat> by the way, media being paid for here by life insurance companies. The United States starts collaborating with the Third Reich on euthanasia and sterilization to get rid of, quote, imbeciles, undesirables, the infirm, the weak. So what we'll do is we'll pick this thing called syphilis. What we'll do is we will start infecting a population with syphilis so that we can actually expand the number of illnesses that we have to justify a clinical trial, an emergency use authorization of penicillin. Because what we want to do is understand how pathogens kill populations. Did you hear what I just said? And, and, and I wonder if, if you heard in the film last night with Melinda Gates, we really need to make sure that we start with the blacks and the, and the Native Americans, right? You know what we did? We started with the blacks and the Native Americans. Cold Spring Harbor and Atlanta, Georgia became a collaborating location to make sure we figured out how to destroy the lives of African Americans with a controlled release of a pathogen during a period of time that we had, quote, civil rights interests. All right, in 1946, a beautiful, generous, compassionate human soul, John D. Rockefeller, <laughs> decided that we needed to fund the Center for Disease Control. Now, does anybody know what the Center for Disease Control actually was set up to be? It was actually set up to investigate the what makes malaria kill some people and make some people survive. All right, so Dr. D is going deep. I mean, he's saying the entire medical establishment, huge multi-billion and trillion dollar industries, if you're really looking at it globally, is in cahoots with other really, really wealthy multinational companies that want to know how, when, where, and even why people will die 
so they can adjust their life insurance premiums, you know, where people pay in, they pay in, they pay in, they pay in, and really the only people who would benefit are other people, right? Their family. So you pay in, you pay in, and he's even saying there's life insurance policies. If you live too long, you can buy back in. If their metrics were off and like, ooh, John didn't die when we thought he was going to. Somehow he missed the heart attack that our metrics and our AI said he was going to die from at age 59, and man, he's still going strong. Well, let's send him another policy. So this is the whole concept. You're, you're trying to tell me, Dr. Martin, that there are many wealthy different corporations that work hand in hand and they want to be able to control when entire populations may die. Not to maybe kill off everybody in the world, but to kill off enough at the right time so we know how to manage the workforce of extracting resources and militaries and you know we don't want to have to guess on those things we want to know what human resources we have around the planet who's going to die who's fit for what kind of service man this is going really really deep and i want to know what does dr david e martin think is the end game i've heard him talk a lot with robert kennedy and judy mikovitz on different podcasts about vaccines so what are his thoughts on the vaccine rollout. What's the real end game here? Don't think that that was some sort of innocent little Andrew Cuomo mistake when the New York State life insurance regulators are starting to breathe down the neck of life insurers going, you've got a problem because you don't have enough money to meet your obligation. Now, if you don't have enough money to meet your obligation and your obligation is to pay out in death what somebody is owed, what might you consider? What might you consider? Why don't we have a pandemic? Why don't we have a pandemic? This is not some sort of accident of science. This is premeditated murder. I'm going to go out on a limb here for you. Chromosomes, being paramagnetic, wound, helical coils of conductive material, are quite possibly antenna. They're quite possibly not chemistry at all. And it turns out I've proven that in the lab. If you wonder why the magnet experiment that you're going to hear about from Dr. Carey is so damn interesting, it's not because of DNA. It's not because of RNA. It's because they are putting an antenna into your body to screw up the transmissions of all of the wisdom of the cosmos so that you are detached from being human. And I am sick and tired of having this conversation be about whether there's a virus or not a virus, if there's RNA or not RNA. People, if we can't define life, we will never understand health. So that's what Dr. David E. Martin thinks. Is any of this beyond my comprehension? No. Is any of this beyond the scope of what I think the uh, real powers that be would go to, the lengths they would go to, to keep power and control. Not at all. I really do think mainstream media is not just more interested in, but far more equipped to promote fear than peace and unity. 
I think that the medical establishments are far more into controlling populations through pharmaceutical interventions and other kinds of in interventions than they are to really manage the wellness of the people out there. I really do feel that education is far more about indoctrinating people into a belief about who we are, what history we come from, what we live inside, and what we're meant to be doing with our time and what's really important with the time that we do have. I think that most of the major institutions out there that have the billions and the trillions attached to them, not just a couple hundred million and people doing well for themselves, but the major industries that have strangleholds on resources around the world have far more to do with what's good for them than what's good for anybody else. So could I actually believe that this entire global pandemic is an economic scheme to keep super wealthy people more in power and have more technology out there to know how people's health are doing, who's doing what, who's traveling where, who knows what, so we can I don't know, use Goldman Sachs lockdown indexes and different kinds of indexes to really manage the markets around human resources? No, I don't think that's beyond comprehension. Do I believe it? Well, maybe you're going to have to head over to benjosephstewart.com, become a member, get access to the deeper dives to get my answer on that. But I do want to point out that Dr. Morton uses this verbal tactic that I've seen in other people that really, it doesn't mean that his research is off. It just means that there's a way he's trying to prove it by pointing out how everybody else got it wrong. It's just not my bag. But I, I want to mention this to you. You, on the other side of the screen, are far more powerful than any institution will ever lead you to believe. And our great faith, in the great institutions, and when I say great, I'm only talking in size and the amount of force and power they have accessible to them because of the brainwashing. You are far more powerful than you think. The way to engage with that is first, getting in touch with your humanity, realizing that we are actually all one, that China is not the issue, that we have far more in common with people of completely different um, colors, ethnicities, genders, and places on planet Earth where we live than we do with people outside of our tax bracket. Far more. So in order to understand the power that we really have, we have to begin getting in touch with our community, our humanity, and truly start using our voice and speaking about stuff that maybe we were afraid to talk about before, entertaining ideas that maybe we were afraid to entertain before, because if we were to believe that any of this stuff was actually going on, then maybe we would have to listen to the calling that we have a role to play in what's happening right now. Because guess what? We all do, all of us. And the ones who are waking up to this, you're the next wave. You really have a lot of responsibility because you don't just want to wake up to the horrors. You want to wake up to the beauty. You want to wake up to realize that you do have support out there. Your voice matters. We're more powerful than we've ever been told. And all this bullshit, it ends very soon by 2028. But don't take my word for it just because I've been to the future. Really, look into all this. Search your heart, figure out that 
it's all about really stepping into your voice. I'm just going to leave it there. Go over to benjosephstewart.com, get involved in the Discord chats. I'll catch you guys next time on Waking Infinity News.